0: you're having a great day. I want to thank you so much for joining us here and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. And myself, my name is Chris Swan. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. It's 419-794-3030. Always available online, day and night, America's Retirement americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show... We'll talk about how to keep a motion from steering your retirement plan with a little help, of course. Are we seeing a reversal of pandemic job trends? All this and more, but first got to check in with the guys. Nolan, welcome back. It's been a little while, but uh, Nolan and Scott, glad to be with you guys. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah, I've been uh, traveling a lot. I've been in, uh, speaking at some conferences and listening to some other conferences. And I think it's, you know, very timely with the markets and what's going on. So, you know, we've got a lot of great information from all the travels that I have for our listeners. And definitely a good time to keep everybody informed
2: yes uh, welcome back uh, i know you were doing a lot of layovers and uh in uh, in ohio in for a couple of days and then back out but it's uh, good to have you back um and uh, i i was uh did have the pleasure of traveling with one of the trips down to florida which was awesome got a lot out of it um and i had this past uh, weekend um so my daughter who i've mentioned several times has actually Graduated from Kent State University. She played her final softball games this past weekend. Had a um, uh, very proud of her, had a phenomenal career and um, uh, finished with a a very impressive 3.9 GPA and uh, had a a great softball career. And she's she's officially a non-athletic normal person. (laughs) She did an acronym for me, and, and I said, what is that? And She said, it's a non-athletic normal person. So,
0: whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those big life events, graduation, and as we say many times during the show, life is rarely uh, inexpensive. I know caps and gowns and things like that, those do cost money, and uh, I'm sure she reached out to dear old dad to foot the bill. So, something to she keep did. in mind <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> retirement. You know, life is going to happen, and uh, you got to account for those things because it's, it's rarely cheap. So, that's what we are here about. And uh, let's go ahead and dive into the show. As the economy and geopolitics in Ukraine... Continue to impact wild market swings. I've heard a lot of advisors say, stay the course during these volatile times. But what if you don't have the stomach for that? Say you're approaching retirement. There was an article in Kiplinger Magazine that talked about finding safe harbors for your savings. Guys, what exactly do they mean by this? And what do you think about this approach?
1: Well, you know, I think for the past several months, we've been talking about getting prepared for a market crash. And, you know, all of a sudden it's really here. You know, we've seen uh, what's happened this week, last week. And, you know, really going back over the last several months, the market start to have some type of decline. And, you know, I think about it like running the fire safety drill. So you kind of want to be practicing these events before your house catches on fire. Those are some of the ways that, you know, avoid getting hurt. Um Things and people oftentimes talk about staying the course, and there could be a lot to be said about that. And, and I think a lot of it comes back to your age, your goals, and your objectives. So, you know, for somebody who's uh, much younger, like Courtney at our office, who's saving and investing, mm-hmm. you know, for twenty or thirty years down the road for her retirement time, I'm not saying that the market going down in her statement, you know, showing declines in value doesn't feel good. Uh, But the reality is, is that actually can be an opportunity for her because what Mm -hmm. she's getting to do is she's getting to acquire more and more shares. Um, You know, the same would be true with my son who owns uh, crypto mining machines and, you know, he uses those machines to get uh, Bitcoin and the price of Bitcoin has been very volatile. But if he believes in the long run of what he's doing, you know, he's getting to acquire more and more shares now while the market's down. The difference is, though, when you flash forward, so a lot of the people that we work with that are close to or in retirement time, you know, they may not have the luxury of time to make up for mistakes. Uh, at the same time, you don't want to jump out the second or third story window when your house is on fire. Sure. So, you know, making a quick, bad decision just because you don't feel good can be a very costly mistake. And, you know, what the markets have taught us is that time and time again, it's not a uh, abnormal to have market pullbacks like what we're seeing right now. Uh, The the question becomes, you know, how bad are things going to get? So instead of really shifting gears or jumping out the window and, you know, abandoning ship or or even staying the course, I think this is a time where it's more, it's just so important to look at your own individual situation. You know, some of the best advice that I can give you for those of you that are close to or in retirement time. You know, you need to be making sure that you have anywhere from six months to three years worth of income needs set aside really in investments that are not subject to stock market risk. That way you can kind of weather through the storm. Uh, Know when you're going to need the money. You know, again, if you don't need the money right away and you got time on your side, don't worry so much. You could look at today as a buying opportunity. Then you need to understand what you own and the companies that you own you know, we've gone through examples of looking at companies that have uh, very low debt, high cash positions, and if you can look and understand what you own and own healthy companies in this environment, again, it can turn panic into opportunity. Uh, so again, think about things have happened in the past and how investors who've been very successful, and in you know, my 28 years of doing this, even going back to. What happened with COVID in 2020 when the market went down really Mm -hmm. fast, those people who went in and, and took advantage of things, you know, now saw a good recovery of that. Uh, We've seen that happen when 2008 crash went down. Uh, We saw that when the 2000 crash. But again, using 2000 as an example, it was really three years that were kind of painful years in the market. So, you know, in this type of environment is maybe not an area where you go all in and buy on this dip right now, but maybe wade into the waters, look at some buying opportunities. And, you know, that's the thing that I would tell you. If you're somebody who's listening to us, whether, again, it's a first time that you've tuned into the show or if you've been listening to us for years if you know a little bit of insight is starting to feel uncomfortable the best thing we can do is let's have a conversation let's talk uh, what we can do is we can stress test your portfolio and tell you if things get bad what things look like and how far could things go We could talk about some of the safe havens. We could map out the plan for you and really run an independent portfolio analysis. So I'd love to have a conversation with you and help make sure that I steer you down uh, the tough times, uh, whether you're a client or just a a long-time listener. I think getting somebody to kind of help hold your hand through this environment will get you to be able to make smart decisions.
2: So, Nolan, let me ask a question. So, you you know, you mentioned uh, Courtney in the office here. She's, you know, obviously, uh, you know, one of the younger employees she's been... Uh, with you for what I think 13 years or so. Uh, in my situation, you know, I'm I'm 60, okay? I know I'm five years from the 65 for Medicare and things like that, But uh, and I'm looking to work at least, you know, committed to at least 10 more years. What is that magic number where I need to, people in my situation where I need to start thinking about shifting a little bit because I'm kind of an aggressive investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure I've got 10 years, but I don't know that I can recover if I were to lose 50% of my portfolio. Is there a magic number is it 62 or 63 or do uh, i need to just kind of start thinking about changing gears today
1: yeah no it's a great question and i would say you know 10 years puts the odds in your favor you know for owning equities and again you know you've always got to say past performance doesn't guarantee future results and Mm -hmm. you know we had that 2000 to 2010 environment where the market went up crashed went back up crashed again. And, you know, there was a lost period of time for investors who just, you know, did a buy and hold type strategy. But in our industry, I think where people really need to start paying attention to the asset allocation of their portfolio is what is coined now the retirement red zone. So it's five years before retirement, or the first five years into retirement, because what happens is the sequence of returns, uh, begins to become a bigger risk uh, and becomes you know much more of an important thing to take a look at uh, as you get within that five years of retiring or five years into retirement time. So again, those that are listening, that five-year mark is something to pay careful attention to.
0: Obviously, we can't control, you and I listening, can't control what the market is going to do, how it is going to perform over the course of our retirement. It's going to go up, it's going to go down. What we can control, and it's always important to take control of the things you can't control, is how that market volatility, those fluctuations are going to affect us. How much risk are we taking in our portfolio? What kind of assets do we have coming in that aren't affected by the market, as Nolan was talking about? Having that independent portfolio analysis is pretty critical, especially as you start rounding that corner, start approaching, uh, you know, and entering into retirement, that retirement red zone, like Nolan said. And so to have that run, to see where you stand right now and see what a potential market drawback could do to your prospects. And if you find out that that is not a good situation, uh, finding ways to maybe, changed that dynamic pick up the phone give a call schedule a time to speak with america's retirement headquarters 419-794-3030 is the number it's 419-794-3030 or go online schedule time there as well America's americasretirementheadquarters.com obviously uh, as nolan said he's been doing this for 28 years now he has helped lots of people get to retirement and through retirement and i think the goal for most people is to retire once and then not have to unretire but uh, that hasn't been the case as of late we're seeing a reversal of pandemic job trends When it comes to those who are part of the Great Resignation, the Census Bureau says more than 3% of workers who had retired a year earlier, well, they're now back in the workforce, and that's due to high inflation and the fact that there are plenty of jobs out there. Guys, when somebody comes to you with desires of retiring early because they just don't want to do it anymore, they don't want to work anymore, how do you go about making those goals become a reality and helping prevent that unretirement?
1: Well, I would say for me, you know, it's like anything in life mapping out a plan and taking a look at, you know, the different impacts that it could have on your retirement for being able to retire early things like the inflation, uh, mapping out your retirement income plan, addressing issues like if a market correction continues, you know, all of these things can be done really by using some of the like financial planning software that we use um, and having those tools and resources and and kind of running the numbers and, and letting people know what it looks like. But Scott, I would say my other experience that talking with a lot of retirees especially you know somebody before the age 65 I think one of the biggest concerns I hear people talk about is health care costs. Well there's no question it it is a, a big concern of a lot of people and one of the things I run into a lot
2: is if you uh, maybe you'll have someone that's 65, 66, 67 years old they're going to retire their spouse may be considerably younger, you know, 60 years old. Well, they've got five years to wait until Medicare. Uh, there's not a whole lot of options available. You know, we have the Unaffordable Care Act that they can always participate in. And, and, and that's, you know, I spoke with someone last week about that, and um, uh, he's actually uh, an advisor that uh, works in our office here. And he was absolutely floored when I gave him the numbers. They're both Near sixty, you know, fifty-eight and fifty-nine years old, him and his wife, and I put together some quotes for them, and uh, the numbers were staggering for him. He says, "How do people afford this?" You know, he was looking at numbers of uh, about twelve thousand a year in premium, and on top of that, seventeen thousand in deductible. You know, so his out-of-pocket expenses were looking to be roughly $30,000 a year if he were to have a catastrophic uh, situation for him and his wife. And a lot of people aren't positioned to absorb that kind of uh, um, out-of-pocket expenses for health care. So where does that money come from? It's going to come from their their investments, their their portfolios that they've got put in place. You know, I, I see... Um, I see the trends, you know, we, we talked about the trends in, in previous shows on whether people are retiring uh, at 65, you know, I always say you go back in the older days where uh, when you turn 65, you did a few things. One, you you know, you had a birthday, turn 65, you automatically sign up for Social Security, you uh, sign up for your Medicare, and you retire. I mean, that's what people did, you know, 20, 25 years ago. That's not happening anymore. Um, and... One of the things that I've really noticed with the pandemic and and, and the healthcare is, uh, you know, it's kind of like what you said, Chris, uh, leading into this segment. There's a variety of reasons why people are, are not at work anymore and mm-hmm. just got out of it during the pandemic. One of the things that I've seen is a lot of people are just burnt out, and I'm seeing a lot of people that were working past 65 from 66 to 68 you know 69 years old they're coming in saying you know I met with them a year ago and they're coming in they're saying I'm done I'm out of here and I, I think one of the big contributing factors to that is very simply a lot of the people that left during the pandemic especially the younger employees aren't coming back in So any of the older employees that are 65 and older, the workload on them has doubled or tripled at times. Well, when you're at that stage of your career, things are supposed to slow down a little bit. And I'm not saying you get lazy and don't work, but things are supposed to slow down a little bit. Well, now these employers are asking for these older employees to take on the job of three people and... Quite frankly, the stress level is off the charts for these people. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine how they, they handle that, being asked to do so much more work, uh, longer hours at 67, 68 years old.
1: That's it, it, true. I mean, they, they obviously have a lot of other things to do in life and want to enjoy. And, you know, weather like this, get out there in the yard absolutely. and spend time with their grandkids. You know, I, I think about this, though, and I think about the, the fact that there is – a lot that can be done though so you know maybe you're concerned a, a little bit about healthcare costs but you you have the dream and desire to retire early and just being biased obviously as an owner i think you know one of the values of us working together is i can think about so many situations of folks who've come into the office and maybe had that initial sticker shock of how much it's going to cost for healthcare expenses but you know with the what you call the unaffordable the way that you make that affordable is through like anything else proper planning so right. we've had a couple of situations where clients Last year, we're looking to retire. What we were able to do is we're able to shift their money, you know, from their left pocket to their right pocket and move money into accounts that didn't count against them for what their health care expenses were. Hmm. So now this year they were able to move into retirement time and for the spouse or both of them who needed to have health insurance costs, we were able to get them income from sources that weren't necessarily countable with health care related. So the, the key thought process there is if you're going back to the, the time frame that you were asking earlier, if anybody is looking to retire uh in the next year and you're gonna retire before the age of 65, I would highly recommend that you sit down and you look at your healthcare plan because if you do stuff this year in preparing for next year, you can sometimes cut 30, 40, 50, 60 percent out of your monthly healthcare related Absolutely. expenses again it's a matter of knowing how to navigate you know what the rules are and having a system in place to make sure that you get the right type of health care cost but do it in an affordable way you know one of the things
2: that i've run into a lot lately is uh you know pe- anybody can go out on um, healthcare.gov the marketplace and get a what if quote you can you can figure out and find out how much is this going to cost me uh, and a lot of people do that they'll they'll log in they they you don't have to create an account because everybody's afraid to create an account on there because, oh, my gosh, the government's going to have all my information. Uh, sad to report that is true. They will have all of your information. Um, actually, they already do. <laughs> um, but but what's, what's, what I'm really finding a lot of people doing today is they'll go out and they'll put in under the marketplace something for just themselves. You know, and I had this hap- actually happen last week and it's like, well, my wife doesn't, um, uh, my husband's on uh, uh, social uh, 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 Medicare and I'm just trying to get a price for my wife. Well, they didn't put any information in for the husband. Now, even though they're not going to take the health insurance, the Unaffordable Care Act is truly based on income. It has nothing to do with health anymore. I mean, what a novel concept, right? I mean, I'm I'm covering your health issues, but I don't care what health conditions you have. I'll write anybody, okay? I digress. But anyhow, it's very important to understand that when you look at um, the income levels, it's for the household, not the individual that's signing up for individual health insurance. So it's very important to put all of the information in even if the the husband is or the wife whoever 65 doesn't matter if they're not taking it we still calculate a premium tax credit on the household income it is drastically different i've had people come in and say well I went on the marketplace and I see that I get a, uh, you know, $750 premium tax credit. Basically what that simply means is because of their income levels and their ages, they get uh, basically money from the government to help offset the high costs of the health care. And they say, you know, I'm getting $750. I said, well, did you put your wife and you in there? And they said, well, I don't need it. I go, yeah, but it's still a joint income. And it drops it. Four or five hundred dollars a month, which drastically changes their planning moving forward into retirement. So it's it's important to understand this. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I've been uh, um, working with people with the um, uh, the marketplace and the individual health insurance since Obamacare came out. Um, there's a lot of different ways to navigate through that. Just here in Northwest Ohio, in in, in our area, there are seventy eight different plans to look at. Wow. Yeah, and one of the things I do is I go through all of those and I eliminate uh, 75% of them. And then we go through and look at the ones that, um, whether it's the network, uh, the hospitals, the doctors, uh, the out-of-pocket expenses that you're willing to pay, the deductible, the premiums. I go through and I navigate all of that uh, with you and, and help you help you go through that.
1: I think that's one of the values of of working with a professional that this is what they do because if you put the wrong numbers in there and you you apply for that premium tax credit and you get that premium tax credit, uh, you'll might get a surprise when you go meet with your accountant the next year because it's when you file your taxes, again, a married couple finally joined, even if one of the spouses is older because they're using household income. If somebody got a premium tax credit of, let's say $500 a month, and then when they went in, they applied for their taxes the following year, and they actually did not qualify for that, they will owe that $6,000 when they file their Mm. taxes. So that's not a shocker that you want to go into. Again, we're trying to talk about how to have a relaxing retirement if you want to retire early. And think about that. If you did retire early and all of a sudden the first year into it when you're going to file your taxes, (laughs) now you owe $6,000. That can spend things out of control. But again, it always comes down to working with a professional that can help you navigate and keep your costs down and make sure that these big whammies don't catch you off guard.
2: And the crazy thing is, Nolan, $1, $1 can make a difference. Um, you wouldn't think so, but it's, it's $1. And, and so, you know, it, it is an estimated income for, for the, the following year. You know, we really don't know. And, you know, life happens. And if something were to to happen down the, you know, six months into the following year and you decide you needed to take money out of a retirement plan for a purchase or some need that you had, if you take that money out, that's income. Now, the exception to that is a Roth IRA does not count as taxable income or Accountable income for the marketplace. So, like Nolan said, you know, reach out if you have any questions, concerns, or issues about health insurance. Um, You know, I'm here to help you out with that because it is, uh, there are drastic um, uh, differences in penalties if you make the wrong choice.
0: I would venture to say that a good number of the people who were part of the great resignation who retired early they didn't really consult with anybody before they pulled the trigger on that you know, again most of these were pretty pretty quick decisions and so uh, the planning that went into it prior probably didn't happen and so I would assume there was a lot of sticker shock that went into mm-hmm. uh, when they actually went into retirement definitely a a uh, measure twice cut once situation you know speaking with professionals beforehand uh, as Nolan said there are things you can do where you know essentially you're moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket that could In the long run for the next year uh, count as you know 30 to 40 percent savings on your insurance and it should go without saying but i'm gonna go and say it anyway because it's important that's more that you get to keep for yourself to use towards your retirement that could uh, make or break it and and keep you from unretiring. like we said that's the name of the game ultimately whatever it is you want to do in retirement you want to make sure that once you retire you stay retired unless you decide you just want to go back to the workforce or do something part-time like my father did but it all starts with proper planning and that all starts with a phone call To the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419 794 3030. Again, that's 419 794 3030. Don't forget to ask, having that complimentary independent portfolio analysis run to see where you stand right now, see what market volatility could do to you. And if there are problems, go ahead and address them head on now. And, uh, Maybe change course a little bit before it becomes a bigger issue down the line. 419 794 3030, and online at America's Retirement Headquarters.com. We appreciate you joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Since we've started this uh, second half, the full hour of the show, uh, listeners will know that we started a segment called Committed to the 419. And this week we are pleased to have Laura Simmons Work with Humane Ohio. So uh, welcome to the show, Laura. And uh, guys, I'll let you take it away.
2: Yes. Well, Laura, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're very excited to uh, talk to you and hear what you have to say about uh, Humane, Ohio. So why don't you, let's start with this. Let's learn a little bit about you and then we'll, we'll jump into a bunch of questions we have for you.
3: Fantastic, well thank you so much for having us on. Again, my name's Laura. I am the Director of Partnerships, Outreach and Development for Humane, Ohio. Um, I've been working in the animal sheltering field for actually over 20 years now, if you can no. believe it. So yeah, a little little while, um, I've been kind of around to a few different places, and I've been with Humane Ohio for over two years now, doing all their, their marketing and outreach and really trying to get the word out about what Humane Ohio does. So if you're not familiar with Humane Ohio, we are a local, low-cost, high-volume, high-quality span neuter clinic here in the Toledo area, and we don't just serve Toledo, we actually work with over 11 different counties across wow. the area. A lot of people don't know that. We actually do transports to these 11 different counties as well. So actually just this morning we were down in Lima and picked up like 60 cats to come for span neuter wow. at our clinic. Yeah, it's a very, very noisy truck ride back. Um, so,
2: <laughs> I <bet> yeah, so. <laughs>
3: just, just Cats don't like car rides as much. Ugh. So. We do a whole lot across the area, so we're a little bit different than like a normal shelter or veterinarian's office. Um, we actually started back in 2006 um, when our, our founder found that there was a real need for span neuter, so that's you know making sure animals don't continue to reproduce um, in this area. And it started as what's called a MASH clinic or a mobile animal sterilization hospital. So they would even pop up in like gymnasiums and places and do span neuter on animals, um, and then kind of as the the years went on, it evolved and evolved. And there was a a building that was purchased on Tremainesville Road in Toledo. And then just uh, right before the pandemic, we actually purchased a new building over on West Alexis Road. It's
2: beautiful, Uh, by the way, I've been there.
3: Oh yeah, I'm gonna ask you about that, yeah. And we, I mean, we just love this new building. And talk about a renovation during the time of COVID, trying to fundraise for that, doing a capital campaign learned a lot, we flew by the seat of our pants, and we made it happen, and we we absolutely love our new building
2: that is awesome so you are different from the regular humane society right
3: we sure are so a lot of people get us fused with like the Toledo humane society and it is kind of confusing with our name and we also have sometimes people think that they have to live in Ohio in order to get their animal fixed with us but you can really come from wherever you want to come from we see a lot of clients from Michigan and even some from other states actually they well, we are that cheap compared to some other places
2: well since you mentioned that I'll jump in on that real quick so I actually use your Facility. I was browbeated into getting a puppy. Um, oh yes yeah. so my wife and uh, the kids. They said we need it. We need it. We need it. And I said okay. So we finally broke down, and I contacted a personal friend of mine who is actually a, a veterinarian that we use, and uh, talked to him about um, bring my dog in. And and um, he said four hundred and twenty dollars.
3: Oh my goodness. I'm
2: like, are you kidding me? Four hundred twenty dollars. And my wife, who is a, a very smart shopper, she actually heard about uh, Humane, Ohio, and set an appointment up. And I think when we came in there, and I don't want to quote wrong numbers here, but I think it was like 80 bucks.
3: You've got it. Yeah. We went up to 100. Okay. Bad, but still, dogs. 100 is
2: better than 400. I was very, very yep. pleased with that. So we came in, and uh, we brought our puppy in. Her name is Harper. Um. Um, we, and there were, the parking lot was
3: packed. Every morning.
2: Yep. Uh, And at the time, it was January, so it was very, very cold, Um, and the process was very, very smooth. It went very, very well, and I think the next day, I picked her up. Um, Everything was perfect. Uh, I, I can't say enough about how smoothly the whole process went. I'm sure you get that a lot.
3: Yeah, that is so fantastic to hear. And that's something we really, I guess, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is we actually had to streamline our our intake process because... Mm -hmm. On an average day, we see between eighty and a hundred dogs and cats. Wow! Um, and think about that; those those animals didn't walk themselves there. So that's hmm. eighty to a hundred families that are, you know, bringing them there, and we have to check all their information, make sure they feel comfortable, get their pets comfortable. We're a machine, I will say, a very well oiled, compassionate machine. <laughs> um, so I'm very happy to hear that you had such a great experience. And big question though: Did your dog get the fancy cone of shame to wear?
2: Uh, <laughs> yes. She did, but she didn't really actually need it, oh, um, which was cool. You know, um, uh, another thing they did was they we bought the chip.
3: Yeah, the microchip. The tra- yeah, the microchip. Yep, microchip. It's a great, it's a permanent form of identification. So if your dog or cat gets out, you know, maybe they lose their collar or tag. Um, it's a way if they were to be picked up, they could be scanned and we, you could be essentially contacted that way. So that's great. And a lot of people don't know about our services really, Like, but they might they might hear about it word mouth or maybe even listening to this station here. Um, But we do so, so many dogs and cats and we're a little bit different than like a normal veterinary office where we have actually two full-time veterinarians on staff and then a whole medical staff and support staff. Um, And our veterinarians are essentially specialists for spay and neuter. That is what they do all day, every day. And our two that we have right now, they are just absolute rock stars. I cannot say enough good things and where at maybe a normal veterinarian where they do spay and neuter, you know, on a, a fairly daily basis, they they're not doing the volume that we do. Sure. So when the dogs and cats come into us, they're actually under anesthesia an even shorter amount of time than they would be at a normal veterinarian. So a, a dog, a spay might take about 20 minutes for us as opposed to like over an hour at some other wow. clinics. Wow. Yeah. So. so
2: so do you take feral cats? I mean, do you do those? Um, because I remember uh, in a house that i used to live in um it was in the woods and we had all kinds of cats running in the backyard so we ended up catching them and taking them in and i don't even know where back then i don't even know where we took them but one of the things they did was they actually clipped the ear do you still do that
3: we sure do so there's something called tnr or trap neuter return so this is for those feral cats or community cats the ones that They might not have an actual owner but you know kind of live in the neighborhood um so we actually have people bring these cats into us it can be if they're handleable they could put them in a carrier or with like a humane live trap which we actually rent those out um they come in we do their surgery for them they get that that ear tip it's called so it's a it's a visual indicator that's universally used to show that that cat has been fixed A lot of people are like, why do they do that? It's so weird. It saves that cat a lot of stress for in the future. So they're not trapped again. So you can say, look at that cat and be like, oh, I know that one's already fixed. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna go for this other one that doesn't have that ear tip yet. And then they also get a rabies vaccine as part of their outdoor cat package, while they're there, Um, and then they get picked up the next day and then they're actually returned right back to where they were trapped from. And what that does is it 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 has makes a cat that is is fixed there that's not reproducing, but if you just remove that cat from an area other cats are going to move in because there's some resource there that those cats are wanting to be there so it helps kind of you know you're keeping the rodent population and things down um and giving that cat still a place to live but uh but not reproducing because as you guys probably know they they reproduce very quickly (laughs) very very quickly they're quite prolific
1: i would say that's how i got my cat Jax. is that right (laughs) yeah so Jax was uh born out of the country club was just running around (laughs) and it was it was january and uh, actually, my wife and kids were coming home, and uh, they saw something that, that they thought was like a possum on the side of the road. And the kids, uh, you know, were telling me about it when they went into the house. And my wife's like, "Should we go back and you know see what it is?" And sure enough, we did. And um, you know, it was extremely cold and really nasty in that that winter. And we brought uh, Jacks home and warmed him up a little bit. And uh, he's now. Uh, a cat that associates as a dog. I
3: love those cat dogs. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, we get him uh, taken care of and then he uh, likes to go outside and he'll go walk around the neighborhood with us and Aww. they still go out. And, and I think there's still some cats, you know, from that litter that, you know, run around. So every now and then he gets to see his, his brother and sister <laughs> out there. It's a reunion
3: out there. Yeah. And you can tell sometimes they all look similar too. to be like, oh, yeah, that's got to be one of your brothers out there. He
1: does he looks just like a Siamese cat? So he's Aww. just gorgeous, and uh, we've had several cats over our, our lifetime, but he's he's just a fantastic one uh, yeah. to have too. And then we have uh, two dogs, and so our dogs are are dogs that we had got um, from uh, my father in law who who'd passed away uh, recently, and, and kind of have taken on you know those animals. Uh, Tell us, you know, what that looks like. So, if there's somebody out there that's, you know, looking for like an adoption process, you know, what does that look like?
3: Absolutely. So, at Humane Ohio, while we're primarily a spay and neuter clinic, we actually started an adoption program a few years ago because we saw there's such a huge need, especially for for the cats. So, we only have a cat adoption program, but we work with a lot of other shelters and rescue groups that adopt out dogs and we help get them prepared before they they find their forever home. Um, but at Humane Ohio. We have a foster based adoption program. So the cats and kittens, while they're waiting for that forever home, they are in they're in a foster home, which is a, a great thing to do. Um, so if somebody's, you know, looking to, to share some love and open up their home and heart to a little homeless kitten. Um, yeah. We provide all the medical care, food, supplies, litter, everything. You just provide the love, and then until they find that that forever home it's greater if maybe somebody's got some more time at home or you know retired or want to get the grandkids or something involved it would be a really fun thing to do um, and we are always looking for more foster homes and kind of how you said you know people sometimes you know somebody passes away and unfortunately we we do see a lot of cats come into our program because there there was a death in the family and so we're able to help those and the more foster homes we have the more animals we're able to help since we're not set up like a normal shelter.
2: I, I would- Guess you would probably have a fair number of people. I have to admit, the first thing that popped into my mind was okay, this is like putting all of the candy right by the checkout line, right? (laughs) And you're leaving, and oh my gosh, you know what? I'll just grab one candy bar. Or the kids are there, it's like, can I, can I, can I, can I? Okay. So you foster a kitten and I'm sure they fall in love with the kitten.
3: Oh, yes.
2: And then they... How many times do you... I I know it's hard to put a number on it, but do you have a lot of people that just say you know what we're going to keep this one.
3: Oh yeah and we call it a foster failure which uh-huh. is the best way to use the, the term failure like that's a good thing in our world like we want you to foster fail but then still continue to foster too we would love that i say that happens more often than it's not i think all of us that work at humane ohio i mean i think i foster failed maybe six animals at this point in my life probably more um but yeah you you get attached and you see them you know kind of become part of your home and your routine and your family and life and then to think of them going somewhere else like that's that's kind of hard so it does take somebody a a very special person to be a successful foster but you know what there could be worse things than falling in love with your oh yeah well that's what happened with
2: jacks right i mean you Picked him up and he never left.
1: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been great. And, you know, I think there's also a lot to be said about that, too. You know, like, you know, we took on the two dogs because of the loss of her father. But, you know, there's some cases that you have like a husband and wife and you have one of the people who passed away, like in my own grandparents' situation where, you know, they hadn't had animals for so long. But sure. I think there's so many mental benefits. We talk about where we're at in society today with. It's, it's stressful. It's stressful with work. It's stressful with, you know, inflation. It's stressful with just society as a whole. And, you know, being a foster or, or taking in a, a, a cat can have so many good benefits. So, I mean, for somebody who has lost a loved one and you're looking for a little bit of companionship, you're looking for somebody, you know, who's excited when you get home and, you know, ready to hang out with you and, you know, just wants a little loving and animal can be so good emotionally for you and you probably see a lot of those benefits too we
3: sure do and there's actually studies that show that when you start petting a dog or a cat your blood pressure goes down your heart rate goes down I mean just all of the the emotional physical uh, all these benefits of these guys they, they keep people more active you know a lot of people maybe not think of like the cats as like going out for walks except yours it sounds like is the <laughs> exception um <laughs> but just playing in the house and yeah having somebody to in interact with and you know they wake you up every morning pounce on your chest and want you know want their breakfast like I, that's why I do what I do I love being I love animals just so much and, and they bring so much joy to people's lives and and so yeah I mean whether it's fostering or adopting or just even being around animals it, it goes a very very long way
2: you'll get a kick out of this uh, my daughter in in college she I, I told her absolutely no way shape or form are you getting a dog Because what's gonna happen, you're playing softball, you've got school, you got practice, workouts, all that. You don't have any time when you travel. The dog's coming home to me and that's not gonna happen, right? So she gets a cat. She gets a three-legged cat.
3: Oh, I love it. (laughs) It was like
2: really cool. I mean, this three-legged cat is, uh, and the way this cat It's called Anakin is the name of it. We're Star Wars fans. (laughs) Love it. And it is the craziest thing to see this cat (laughs) with three legs. um, uh, The one that's gone is, and it's at the shoulder, you know, the front shoulder. And, I mean, it jumps around (laughs) like... A four legged cat. It was crazy. Oh, it's the craziest cat. thing I've ever seen.
3: They but, are the most resilient. I mean, we've seen cats like the feral cats, especially, come in. I mean, eyeballs like hanging uh, out and hmm. like just really, really sad situations. And these cats, like, oh, hey, like no big deal. I, I mean, nine lives. <laughs> yeah, nine lives. Exactly. I mean, they just, I, I, it, it's incredible to see. So we've seen quite a few come through our adoption program with just really unique stories like hit by car cats and. Oh just some some really sad things but like nobody told them that they didn't know that that happened to them they just they they live in the moment and i think that's you know we can really learn that from animals
1: well i think you know a lot of that too if you think about humans humans are the same way i mean we learn a lot from animals and it's your outlook and just being involved and so you know if i think about things we talk about how it's just good for the soul to be a foster but i also think about you know the other things and ways that people can get involved and, you know, help out. What are some of the, like, volunteer opportunities that you guys have at Humane Oil?
3: Yeah, great question. So kind of with COVID, as I'm sure with a lot of organizations, our, our volunteering kind of took a little little new twist. So we did move to volunteers doing stuff off-site. Um, we actually have some volunteers that do, like, sewing projects for us. So they okay. make, um, like, covers for those live traps that cats come in or, like, cat knit pillows, things like that. So it's a way they can still do something fun that's giving back to our organization. Um, we are hoping to be starting back up with in-person volunteering opportunities somewhat soon, but really the fostering is that big one, or, or even just donating items. Like people collect their their newspapers for us and come drop it off, you know, once a month. And it goes such a long way being we are a nonprofit organization. We rely so heavily on donations um, to help do the work that we do.
2: It was a great lead in how do you get your funding uh, being a nonprofit, uh, Why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that?
3: Absolutely. So like we talked about, we are a low-cost clinic. So like our outdoor cat package, it's $29. Well, Normal indoor cats, $60. Dogs are $100. And then we have other services we can offer. But it's it's very minimal compared to some full-service veterinary clinics. So we rely very heavily on, on fundraising is a really big one, um, along with grants. We write grants to try to help keep the costs low for, for our services Um, because we know a lot of people that they can't afford that and you know maybe their pet is a family member that they're they're looking out for them they want to do everything they can for them and we want to be able to help with that. So. Right now, you know, with COVID again, fundraising has looked a little different, a little unique. Um, we used to do a big a spaghetti and no balls a dinner and silent auction every <laughs> year. I mean, we're a spay clinic. We got we got to have some puns, right? I love it. Yeah. So um, oh. we used to do that every year. Unfortunately, that has been put on hold. So we have kind of taken a twist with that and we we've been using all of our silent auction items or you know what would have been a silent auction item and every Friday on our Facebook page we do a Facebook live and it's called five dollar Friday and people can donate five dollars or more if they're feeling generous either on facebook or on our website um and then all of those donations like your donation is an entry into a drawing and we do that drawing live on mondays we just had a cinco de mayo basket we had a mother's day one they're just fun things you get a chance to win something cool and it helps support local animals in the work that we do so super, super fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you've kind of put things on hold a little bit for the, the larger events. I did notice when I stopped over to the website, there's ways that companies can get involved too. Um... Any type of small business owner? Are there anything that you've been doing with small business owners to get them plugged in?
3: Yeah, so we've been trying to come up with some unique fundraising. We do um, food trucks once a week come to our organization, so kind of like a small business. And we're working on a fundraiser with a local brewing company that's going to be a little bit later this year. Um, we also have businesses they can they can sponsor um, sponsor different events or even like a kennel sponsorship at our clinic so you could make a donation there's a little fancy plaque that goes on one of the kennels that you know would be used for a dog or cat coming in for surgery um, and it's just a great way to give back and, and that's used every single day to help a new animal so businesses can definitely get involved and even just from like a, a donation standpoint it could be monetary or even even with items if it was something you know if they wanted to donate something towards our our five dollar Friday fundraising, it goes a really long way.
1: I think something else I wanted to make sure that I point out, I know we share this on the show when we talk about it in the past, but you know those people who are over the age 72, they have something called a required minimum distribution, meaning that each and every year with retirement accounts, they have to take a portion of the money out. And a lot of the people that we work with here in Northwest Ohio are, are are definitely about service to others. They want to help and do something, and that could be whether it's their church or you know Hooves, who we love, or you know any other organization like yours. But if you're listening and you know you like what Humane Ohio does, or if you like some type of charitable organization, and you're over seventy-two, keep in mind uh, that you can take a portion or all of your required minimum distribution and donate it directly to the charitable organization like Humane Ohio that you wanna help out. There could be substantial tax benefits for you, meaning keep your income a little bit lower. Of course, you'd always wanna consult with your accountant and know the ins and outs of the tax rules, but that's another way that you can make a bigger impact for those of you who do wanna financially contribute and get involved in doing a little bit more.
3: And it goes a very long way. We actually see a lot of people make monetary donations that way, um, and even something we have a—it's called free will—that we we have. It's on our website where people can use our—it's a—it's a free will, um, and they can choose to leave Humane Ohio in their will to us, so they know wow. you know for years to come. So it's kind of a neat tool. It's on humaneohio.org. People can check that out. Um, but yeah, just—I mean, we we rely on our community. We help our community. Our community helps mm-hmm. us. I mean we we are committed to the 419 Mm -hmm. I know that's what you guys are talking about so um, it goes it goes a very very long way and we just yeah we we just love the pet people in our area Sure,
2: and people love their pets there's something to be said for um, you know you come home and there's unconditional love it doesn't matter how bad your day was when when you get home uh, I'm a dog person, um, I mean they're waiting there with their tails away and, and, and nothing but unconditional love. And um, uh, you know people love their pets, they spend money on their pets and this is a way to really help out um, uh, Humane Ohio and help out some of the people that are a little bit less fortunate with their pets. I do have one quick question, is there any animals other than dogs and cats that you, you work on?
3: Unfortunately, at Humane Ohio, we don't. Um, we get a lot of calls about spaying and neutering rabbits, um, and it's something our, our vets could do it, but we just see such a high volume okay. that we we just can't keep up with the demand for services right sure. now um, that we don't. Personally I, I see all kinds of animals at home, yep. um, I've got my own little little retirement home for senior dogs, I call it, so I'm like, I hope they were listening so they planned their <laughs> retirement while here. Um, but yeah at humane ohio it is dogs and cats you know perfect yeah occasionally somebody might show up with a random other animal for help and we'll, we'll help guide them to where they need to sure. go perfect so, awesome yeah how, how
1: many animals do you have at home then
3: oh my gosh i wish i knew i've got yeah i have, a, I have seven <laughs> senior dogs right now okay. they're all over 12 years old and i've got a couple cats and some horses and a donkey <laughs> And a special needs goat.
2: <laughs> special <laughs> so, needs goat?
1: <laughs> yes,
3: she is a special needs goat. She, Her name is Smudge, and she, she is my everything. Awesome. <laughs> so pets have a very special place in my heart. And, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to get involved in Humane Ohio, check out HumaneOhio.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, it's down at the bottom of the screen there. You can check that out. And we will answer any questions that you have. And, and thank everybody for listening. Awesome. And for having us on.
0: Humane Ohio definitely committed to the 419, to our four-legged or sometimes three-legged friends uh, here in the 419. Uh, Again, humaneohio.org is the website. I just saw you guys last year did your 200,000th surgery, so... Uh, yeah. We sure wow. did,
3: yeah. So we I, we didn't talk numbers, but we do we do at least over seventeen thousand spay and neuter surgeries oh, wow. a year. Yeah, and mm. we have we have two full time veterinarians right now. So like, do the math. That's that's insane. That's a lot. Um, and there is a nationwide veterinary shortage right now that we've been kind of filling feeling at Humane Ohio. We've been trying to fill some some vacancies with our veterinarian positions. Um, so we're we're hoping to hire a couple more to take the strain <laughs> off of. Our, our poor ladies there right now so hopefully awesome. in the
0: future fingers crossed and again if you if you feel so inclined as to make a donation you can go to humaneohio.org or if you want to take your required minimum distribution as nolan said and, and make that donation directly from your rmd accounts there are ways that you have to go about that again tax savings for you and then more for humane ohio that is something that uh, you know the team at america's retirement headquarters can help out with give a call 419 794 30-30, or go online to America's Retirement Headquarters.com. We're going to wrap up the show here in just a second, but really quick, Scott, I want to touch back on the fact that, uh, you know, your dog, Harper, that you just picked up from Humane, Ohio. Uh, are you familiar with the meme of the father who doesn't want the dog, and then, you know, years later, they're, they're sitting on the couch together? I have a oh. feeling this is going to be you, so I look forward to hearing the stories of you and Harper are coming up down the line. Definitely looking Guilty forward to it. Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, it's already happened. Already, already. She's Well, you know, it's funny.
2: Nolan said uh, Jax is the uh, cat dog. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a, a – I mean, she's, uh, gosh, nine months old, ten months old now. She plays like a cat. It's the craziest thing, but in any case, yeah, it's already happening.
0: There will no doubt be more stories to come. But uh, unfortunately, we have come to the end of another edition of America's Retirement Headquarters. One more time, let me give out the number 419-794-3030. You can always find us online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. We appreciate you spending a little part of your day with us, joining us here. I hope you found it insightful. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. And guys, as we wrap up, i want to leave you with the final word.
1: I would just say if you're looking for a little love, a little compassion this week, uh, get a hold of Humane Ohio. They'll help you out and find uh, somebody to match you up with that uh, will be excited every time you come home.
0: America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 277. 787.